Johnny and I recap the four-game series against the Texas Rangers, and we open up the mailbag, and we get all of your questions, and we bring all of our answers. You're Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast. You can share the pod with your friends by hitting the share button on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on YouTube and post it to your personal social media page. This will help others find the show. And today's episode is brought to you by Vroom. With Vroom, you can buy an entire car online, Jonathan, and have it delivered straight to you so that you never have to leave the dealership again. So next time you need to buy a car, just grab your phone and go to vroom.com and check out thousands of great cars. Hey, thank you for joining us for this edition of Locked on Angels, where it's your team every day. You're locked on with Mike and John. My name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. We are the Frisch Brothers, a.k.a. the Super Halo Brothers, and sometimes we are super... And sometimes we are not, and sometimes that depends on how the angels do, and and this weekend, we're not feeling so super right now, You know, Mike. my identity is not based upon the angels' journey, so. <laughs> We are always super and Halo bros, <laughs> yes. no matter what. I like that. That's fair. That's fair. Well, uh, you know, we got to talk about this uh, Texas Rangers series, Mike. It we was tough. Had, we, yeah, it was a tough series. Played Thursday through Sunday. Yep. And while there were many opportunities to take some wins this weekend... We found ways to squander that, and that yeah. was really a shame. But can we talk about a quick highlight yeah. of this series, and let alone this last month? And that is Luis Renjifo is He's having himself a great month. And I yeah. imagine if it's if it wasn't for Aaron Judge hitting a homer every single day, <laughs> or sometimes twice a day, <laughs> right? No kidding. I feel like Luis Renjifo would definitely be the uh, the player of the month if if that weren't the case with Aaron Judge but right. he's still got a uh, he's still got a a shot at it I think but let me give you these stats here okay. over uh, over July from July first to the thirtieth man he's had thirty hits six doubles one triple a home run ten RBIs five walks only fifteen strikeouts but check out these stats he's batting three thirty seven Mm-hmm. An on-base percentage of 379, slugging 461, and an wow. on-base plus slugging of 840. And so, wow. he, and he's even raised his batting average to 275. So that is a, a great improvement from Luis Renjifo, the kind of guy that we have been seeing in AAA, and those numbers just never really translated yeah. in the past. But it is great to see him translate those to the major league level. What do you think of Renjifo? He is putting it all together, and I've really grown to like him because he's been one of those players that I think Angel fans have been frustrated with because he hasn't put it all together. Mm -hmm. But you sharing those stats are pretty incredible because you said he had 30 hits in July. 30 hits in July, yeah. uh, I'm looking at July 1st to July 30th, so it might not have counted the hit that he got in uh, in Sunday's game. So, so at least 30 hits. The entire Angel team only had 156 hits in July. <laughs> they batted 199, John. The entire team. So that's team. like 20% or so? so yeah. Good grief. <laughs> Quick math, right? They were the they're the third team. This is a stat you don't want to ever have connected to you, but they're the third team since 1907 to do that. The 72 Mets batted 188 in July, and then the Rangers last year batted 198. So we're in elite company <laughs> because we're terrible, but it wasn't because of 
Luis Renjifo, and Johnny, it wasn't because of Shohei Otani either, because Shohei actually had a really great weekend. And we did a segment on Friday on Locked on Angels where we talked about how to cheer for a losing team. So let's mm-hmm. recap what happened Thursday to Sunday. And we'll just, we're going to point out the highlights, even though we lost three of four. So game one was Thursday, and Shohei looked fantastic, didn't he? Mm-hmm. He struck out 11 over six innings. He did allow two runs, and it was a game where. We had an opportunity to come back, but we didn't come back. And this was Shohei's sixth straight outing with 10 strikeouts or more. He struck out 68 batters over 39 innings, John. Good grief. And so he was incredible. And your boy, Luis Renjifo, three for four with a double and a triple. And so the Mm -hmm. two-nothing loss was not on Renjifo or on Otani. And it was on everybody else, right? And so that was just a tough game to watch. And it was a disappointing game because Shohei on the mound is almost a guaranteed victory for the Halos. Well, that's why he's an ace. When you go up there with your ace, you're almost guaranteed a win. But the offense has to to come through. Right. And they didn't. Yeah. Uh, If you thought Thursday was heartbreaking, how about Friday when the loss was 7-2, to two, and it was just a sloppy game yeah. defensively yeah. all over, man. It was just so frustrating that you know, there were errors and, and just situations that made you a bit frustrated. Uh, but Sandoval didn't pitch too badly. No. Two earned runs in five and two-thirds innings. But again, it's that offense and also that late bullpen blow-up at yeah. the end of the game just put this one way out of reach. And then, of course, you have the the garbage time runs that come at the end of the game that don't really matter when you're down by six runs and then you make it yeah. down by five runs. So right. like, <laughs> Friday was frustrating yeah. and, and not at all what we expected. We did see, uh, we did get to see David Fletcher come back in this series. That was great to see. was a stud. In fact, in game three, the only game that we won, we won that nine to seven and mm-hmm. he didn't start this game because he had started Thursday and Friday and they gave him a scheduled day off. However, Phil Gosselin got hit in the head with a with a 91-mile-an-hour pitch. Yeah. And so Fletcher came in to replace him. But Renjifo hit the go-ahead two-run double in the eighth. Otani had a three-run homer in the third. Uh, David Fletcher had an RBI double, which was awesome to see. He picked up right where he left off because he hit a double in his first the first pitch he saw when he played in that first game. So that was boy. great. And then Chase Silseth struggled. Uh, he gave up five earned runs in four innings pitch. And have you noticed the, the velocity dips as the game goes on it was really bad too I think it was almost concerning like is there an injury there or is there an an arm issue there because it dropped I think three to four miles per hour from one inning to the next and that's concerning whenever you see that because it usually is an indication of some sort of injury or some sort of pain or something's happening inside the body I just wonder if it's experience and I think just kind of building up that muscle and that muscle memory and, and for him you know, he's still a young guy, and, yeah. and so he's going to learn how to be more consistent over a few innings. But then it, they went to Tuki Tucson, who yep. was called up and pitched in relief, and he actually pitched four innings in relief. And even though he gave up two earned runs because the Angels came back, he got his first win as a Halo, which was, was great, great to see. Yeah. And then Rysel Iglesias got his first save since June 29th, and that's not a knock on Iglesias, there just hasn't been many opportunities to save nope. games for right. Rysel. And in the opportunities that he has had, we've seen him have some struggles there. So I'm going to let you talk about 
Sunday because Detmers is your boy. He's been your boy since day one. Yep. So tell us about Detmers Day. Reed pitched incredible. Seven innings, three hits, two runs, but just one earned run. Three walks, and he struck out 12. He had an immaculate inning, John. He had a nine-pitch all-strike inning, and he caved mm-hmm. the side. He's the first guy, first rookie, to actually pitch a no-hitter and have an immaculate, immaculate inning all in the same season. And that was the thing that actually shocked me was, as they were talking about him today, he is a rookie. Even though he pitched mm-hmm. last year, he didn't qualify. So he's he's a rookie, and yeah. he has really turned it on. I had Greg Maddox vibes from him mm. on Sunday because he's not going to overpower anybody, but he has really figured out how to throw his curveball and his slider, and he's really figured out how to keep them off balance. Tim Salmon said at the uh, postgame uh, interview at the end of the game, Salmon said that he loved what Detmers was doing because he kept changing the eye level for mm-hmm. the batters, so they had no idea where it was coming and and how it was going to hit the strike zone, if it was going to hit the strike zone at all. And so that was really exciting. And Detmers is one of those guys that you root for because our team is terrible, but he right. is not terrible. And I I just loved watching him on Sunday, and I'm excited that he has really started to figure it out. Somebody tweeted out, I think it may have been Sam Blum or one of those guys tweeted out, that he has an ERA under 1.3 since coming mm-hmm. back yeah. from from AAA and has struck out I think four or five more batters than he has innings pitched. He's really looked dominant out there. Yeah. He looks like the guy that you can build a starting rotation around. Maybe he's a number two or a number three, but he mm-hmm. looks really good, and I was really excited to watch him on Sunday. Yeah, it feels good to have drafted somebody, and you're starting to see the ace caliber potential of Reed Detmers. Man, I know you said he didn't overpower anybody, but he did hit 95 on that fastball. Yeah, he had which great felt velocity. Like new. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. was great to see. And like Tim Salmon said, he's changing the eye level. And I mentioned this a few weeks ago after he came back from AAA. He has an out pitch now. And that is because yes. he can play the fastball or the changeup or the curveball off the slider and and start getting outs that way. So it's great to see Reed Detmers take that step forward, etch himself in the history books, and even though we didn't get the win, we should have got the win, but as long as we have Detmers in this rotation, I think that we are in good shape pitching-wise. Well, those are our thoughts on the Angels, and coming up on Locked on Angels, we're going to get your thoughts and answer your questions because we're opening up the mailbag. But first, Locked on Angels is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. They are here to make it easier to find people that you want to talk to and find them faster. You can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs is here to help you find the candidates that you want to hire and you want to hire quickly. So did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash MLB. That's linkedin.com slash MLB to post your job for free. And remember, some terms and conditions do apply. 
want to thank you for making Locked On Angels your first listen every day. And remember that the MLB trade deadline is tomorrow, Michael, and Locked On MLB is going to have all the breakdowns. So what you're going to want to do is subscribe to Locked On MLB on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you can be notified each time an episode premieres and stay in the know about your favorite team and any deals they might make before tomorrow's deadline. So be sure you subscribe to Locked On MLB. All right, Johnny, let's open up the mailbag. I'm going to get us started with our first question, maybe more of a statement. It's from Mike Gillespie, and he said, at this point, if you consider trading Otani, you got to also listen on Trout. It's tough Hmm. to say, and it's tough to hear, but if you're trading away our ace plus our second best hitting threat, you have to consider a total rebuild. What are your guys' thoughts on this, and do we share these thoughts? Thanks, boys. So, Johnny, what do you think about trading away Otani and actually considering trading away Mike Trout? If they were to trade Otani, which they're not going to, then I would be open to the idea of trading Trout because at that point you're kind of like, oh, let's just blow the whole dang thing up, Yeah. right? But I don't think any of these guys are moving anywhere, and all of the talk that we've heard about Oh, this team's checked in and that team's checked in. Teams are going to check in. Every MLB team is going to check in on Otani and even Mike Trout and say, hey, if we were to make a deal, what kind of deal would that have to be? Any GM in the league is going to want to inquire about it. And it never hurts. You know the old saying, it never hurts to ask. Right. (laughs) Go for the no. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So uh, I would just like to calm everybody's fears about Otani and, and say, no, he's not going anywhere. And I know there is some people out there that do want to see him possibly get moved because they think it would be helpful for the uh, future of the Angels. Yeah. Um, and so we even have a question like that here, Mike. This is from Drop the Mic uh, on Twitter. He said, realistically, who is the ideal trade partner for Otani of the NL team since I'm sure he'd trade to an AL team or the Dodgers would be vetoed? He hmm. suggested the Mets, the Giants, the Braves, or the Cardinals. And then he said, I'll see you all in therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I love so that. So what do you think about those trade candidates, and are the Dodgers off the table? Well, I, I actually think that the Dodgers are in the running, and I also sh- Me too. also think that the Yankees are in the running. I did mm. some trade scenarios on one of my new favorite websites, Baseball Trade Values, and mm-hmm. uh, I did a, a, a trade, hypothetical trade, of Otani to the Dodgers, and the value that came back, Johnny, is that we could get two of their top prospects and one of their young young starting pitchers. So we could get Mm. Diego Cartaya, we could get Bobby Miller or Miguel Vargas, who are all incredible top prospects, or we could get Dustin May and possibly Julio Urias from Mm. the Dodgers. I don't know if they would trade Urias or not, but Dustin May's coming back and he is a young guy, 24 years old. And then I actually did a trade scenario with the Yanks and I put in their top prospect. They have two really great shortstops. They have an outfielder and two really great pitchers. Mm -hmm. And Otani... Actually, his number, uh, based on the, the baseball trade values, it actually would get us five prospects. And wow. what, what the conversation has actually been lately has been that Otani as a hitter is Matt Olson for the Atlanta Braves, who mm-hmm. got the A's, I think, three prospects, three. right? Yeah. And then, as a pitcher, he's Luis Castillo, who was traded to the Mariners, and they <laughs> traded away 
three prospects or five well, prospects, three prospects right? well it was three and and two mlb players yeah. i think but it all in all in all it was five players right. so that's that's eight players so i yeah. think that i think that we could actually the, the trade value is great but i think you could actually probably add maybe another major league player there i love the idea of like you met mets giants braves and cardinals but i think that the angels if they if they do trade otani which i don't think that they will if they do trade Otani, they got to go and get the best possible package for him. And right mm-hmm. now it's the Yanks and the Dodgers that have that in the minor leagues. And so that we'll see. And, and yeah, let's go to therapy together. That would be <laughs> great. Hey, King Panda one has a question. First is if Otani isn't traded this trade deadline, who should Perry try to sign in the off season and who can he sign? Rodon, Peterson, Trey, and Clayton. And where do you think Otani will get traded to? I would say maybe the Dodgers, the Braves, or the Orioles, um, and, and maybe even the Giants. I think they have the best chance. So what do you think, Johnny? First question, who should Perry try to sign this offseason, and where do you think Otani would get traded? <laughs> he said, who can he sign? Perry Manassian can sign anybody. Because yeah. Artie Marino has the value and the pocketbook to sign anybody as you and I have discussed Mike but it's the willingness to sign somebody that's the big question mark but I do like some of these suggestions here and I think a few weeks ago I said if you want to show the angel fandom that you mean business you're going to get Trey Turner in the Mm offseason and you're going to you're going to pay for that guy because he's young and he's a stud and you need a shortstop and he would be the ideal fit for the angels lineup and he doesn't have to go very far just a short jaunt up the five. You've right? done that drive before. <laughs> <laughs> several times. Yeah. Several times. Uh, I like Rodon. You know, the issue with Rodon was that he had the shoulder problem at the end of the season last year. And right. so there was some hesitancy. But so far, he's been, I think, the Giants' best pitcher um, yeah. on the team, or at least one of them. Uh, Clayton Kershaw is always intriguing. I don't think Clayton will ever do anything else but play for the Dodgers, especially yeah. after this season and I I imagine he will continue his career and I think as long as he wants to keep playing the Dodgers will keep signing him to a one-year deal but I you and I talked about Clayton on Super Halo Bros podcast over the offseason hey he might be a good fit right other other people that you might consider I mean there we I've said this already Sean Manaya, Chris Bassett yep if Aaron Nola didn't get picked up for his uh, club option then He's also a great candidate uh, that I think would help the Angels significantly. Yeah. But let me just say this. How much pitching, if you keep Otani, how much pitching do you really need in this rotation? Hmm. And how many additions do you need to make? In fact, that kind of spins into this next question. I'll read it and then give you my thoughts and I'll pass it on to you. But Charlie Thompson on Instagram said, trade Trout, re-sign Otani, get arms, depth, and one or two five-war players. Mm. And he said, any thoughts? And to me, I immediately think Otani and Trout are the one to two five-war players. Yeah. In fact, their their war is significantly above five. And when you think about get arms, I think we're always in need of good arms. Yeah. But you see the progress that Patrick Sandoval has made, that Reed Detmers has made, and then you see that we have some depth in the organization in terms of pitching because of the draft and everything that we did last season. Yep. Now, as far as position depth, yeah, that's definitely a need. And I think that we are struggling in that department. So if you're going to make any trades, I think positional depth is a good move. But as far as trading Trout and re-signing Otani, 
I mean, Trout's the face of the franchise. I don't think he's going anywhere. Yeah. And and again, I think we have a bright future in this rotation. And so really, with Otani, Sandoval, and Detmers, you really need an, a couple of other starting arms to come and help you, or you bring somebody up like a Kai Bush next season. I really don't think the Angels are that many pieces away, Mike. What do you think? I agree with you, and here's why I agree with you. If we weren't in this position and we were still the team from April and May, we mm-hmm. wouldn't be talking about blowing this thing up, and we wouldn't no. be talking about trading Trout or trading Otani. We'd be the ones talking about getting Montas yes. or Luis Castillo. We would be yeah. upset if we weren't getting those guys, right? right. And so that's why I think that this team will not get blown up And that's why I think that we're going to see these players on the team next year. I think they're going to try to run it back and they're going to bring in some pieces, maybe a Turner or somebody like that. And I think Perry likes this pitching staff, John, because I think what we saw from Reed Detmers Sunday is an affirmation that they're actually developing and developing well. Even even Patrick Sandoval has has looked really good. And I know Chase Mm -hmm. Silseth struggled, but he'll go down and Buddy Carlisle will work on him and he'll come back (laughs) up and it'll be fantastic. And so this is why I don't think there's going to be any major big trades which answers the next question 19 rob dog 91 i like that name he said any big trades soon i think that what we can expect is maybe a trade of maybe some bullpen pieces or a noah Syndergaard trade but i don't mm-hmm. think that we're going to have too much activity i'll be pleasantly surprised if there is a major trade but i don't actually think that there will be a big trade coming up anything that would be like earth shattering for the halos mm-hmm. what, what do you think like we talked about last Friday, Andrew Heaney got traded, and we got Elvis Piguero and Jansen Junk. And I could easily see us trading Noah Syndergaard and maybe getting some positional depth rather than yeah. two arms like yeah. we did last season. Yep. We, I mean, we desperately need some bats, obviously. And so <laughs> it would not be a bad idea to, again, let Syndergaard go somewhere else, get some pieces back. And if you really want Syndergaard, you can bring him back in the offseason. I really don't hope we hang on to him and pull an Alex Cobb like we did. I think that if we keep Syndergaard around, it's for the purpose of an extension. It's for the purpose of, hey, let's renegotiate in the offseason. Or if they send him away, they could trade him and then try to bring him back over the offseason this coming year. If you're really curious about like who's going to get traded and and what the odds are, you can actually go to betonline.net because they have some odds there. They let you know. Like you can place bets on who's going to go and who's going to stay. Betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find the latest sports developments, league reviews and news. Betonline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information including live betting, esports and scores, and they're the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events like MMA, boxing, and golf. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. Bet online where the game starts. Let's continue our Monday mailbag. Thanks for everybody who sent in questions. This one comes from our good buddy, Mike. RJ Balver, he said, yeah. do you guys think that Artie Marino would ever suck it up and buy us a World Series ring? What do you think, Mike? You made a good point uh, last week that there was a report, and I believe it may have been Jeff Fletcher, Sam, Sam Blum, one of those guys who actually uh, – 
talked about somebody on the inside said Artie's feeling the pressure the mm-hmm. angst he knows of, he's the of, villain <laughs> right of angel fans and so i think that we could possibly see Artie go for broke this off season and mm-hmm. let Perry go and get somebody like a Trey Turner because if you're going to go get Trey Turner that's going to be an investment that's a Rendon investment mm-hmm. and you're going to have to pay some money to get him you're going to be up in the 200 million dollar plus range and so mm-hmm. i think that we're going to see that this off season and i think that we're going to find that they're probably going to have really strong negotiations with Shohei Otani as well, and if we can't sign Otani, I think we're going to go for the World Series next year with him on our team because I think that that he's feeling it. And if he's as yeah. the owner, he's feeling it. he's making money. People know that he's making money. I mean, there were forty thousand yeah. people there on Saturday night, right? <laughs> and for for this team that's 15, 16 games under five hundred, right? And so I think that that actually might be something we see sooner rather than later. John, you you mentioned Luis Renjifo earlier yeah. in the show. So fast underscore times underscore under underscore the underscore halo. <laughs> he asked this question. Do you think that Luis Renjifo is the future at second base? I'm going to wait and see how the rest of this season goes because as we all know, guys can have this kind of month and not be able to sustain that. Yeah. I mean, look, the fact that Renjifo has had such a successful July is worth celebrating, and I'm cautiously optimistic about that. Yeah. And look, having him and David Fletcher as some infield depth, positional depth, where they can really play all over the infield uh, is not a bad thing. And so at the very least, you've got some kind of possibly a platoon with Renjifo and Fletcher in the future. I mean, it all depends on what they do at shortstop. My only concern, Mike, is that Renjifo has this spectacular year, and then they decide, well, here's our shortstop of the future, rather than going out and doing the right thing and getting somebody. That's my only concern. So I think that, yes, Luis Renjifo should be in the lineup at least four to five times a week, and perhaps switching off with David Fletcher at times, or uh, if if Rendon needs to get off his feet at third, you can have Renjifo. I mean, Renjifo and Fletcher are the definition of depth. Yep. And whether they're starting or not, I mean, they're great players to have in the infield. So I want to be cautiously optimistic before I say that Renjifo is the future of second base. But by all accounts, I mean, the dude is carrying the team right now. Him right. and Otani are carrying the offensive side. And then now that Fletcher's back, he's contributed as well. Speaking of Fletcher, just Eric on Instagram said, it bothers me to think that Fletch wasn't supposed to be in the game on Saturday. And if Goss didn't get hurt, maybe we lose. And then Mm. he said, I liked Renjifo. He reminds me of Kaiospo. I thought that was kind of a good comparison. That is a good comparison, yeah. He's a stronger Kaiospo in my opinion. Bottom line, Fletch and Renjifo need to be in the lineup every day. Rotate Squid and Gosselin. Um, what do you think about that, Mike? I, I think that we have to understand that that Fletch Fletch had surgery, right? And so when yeah. you when you interact with these players, you're also interacting with their doctors, and you're interacting with the medical staff, and they they schedule day days off. And so I think that they're trying to be very gentle 
with Fletch as he comes back yeah. because what you don't want is what's happening to Mike Trout where he's having to miss two or three weeks because he has to get a quarter cortisone shot and it takes a week for it to actually <laughs> do something and then it takes another week to actually start ramping up your baseball activities and so I think they have to take it easy on him John I think they have to take it easy on his body and and because we're in a season where we're not going anywhere I think they want to ease him back into the starting rotation of players Definitely. so that we can have him at full capacity next year here's another question Johnny from uh, Tally and he says or she says uh, Halo Bros I'm so upset <laughs> Detmers same same right Detmers and Sandy were really good this weekend but the offense was meh that's been the season right, right. Uh, my thumbs go up to Renhifo and Otani for doing their best the relievers are choking so much that I can't take it anymore just speechless John I think we could both respond and say that we are without speech as well, right? <laughs> I am without speech. <laughs> we are without well, and that's, speech. That's what the problem was with Sunday. It was like, how in the world, Jose Cajada, who's got a one ERA, uh, yeah. <laughs> lets the bases get loaded. And I know that there were some annoying calls behind the plate from the umpire, but sure. at the end of the day, there's no reason why he couldn't get the last two outs. And then you had yeah. to bring in Rysel Iglesias. And, and I, uh, people were mad at Rysel for giving up the uh, the lead, but he came in with the bases loaded. Yeah. And in reality, if if that's a clean inning and that first guy hits a double, nobody scores. Right. right? He's like, out of like, it. Yep. He's out of it. And so it's frustrating that they brought in Rysel to mop up for Quijada yeah. when Quijada has been really good. So he just had a bad outing. And, and it just goes to show, like, what is with our bad luck? I know. I know. <laughs> it's so terrible. It feels it's so frustrating to watch. So we, we feel you on that one. Yeah, it's just a meh, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's Claudia Rose on Instagram said, any idea when Archie Bradley will be back considering his injury during the brawl in June? Mike, I can answer this one pretty yeah. quickly. He's on the 60-day injured list. Uh, they said he wouldn't be starting a throwing program for at least four weeks, and that was back on June 28th wow. when they put him on the IL. Yeah. And so now, about now is when he should be starting that throwing program, but I would say beginning of September, he's not going to be the impact player that he was throughout the season because he's not going to be back till much, much later, yeah. unfortunately. And that's the cost of doing business with the, the Mariners and getting into a brawl, I guess. Yep. But how about the next question, Mike? Uh, this one's from uh, Just Eric. Walsh is really struggling. Any thoughts? Maybe send him down for Rojas or think maybe we can get somebody else. Maybe Rojas is is the guy that we could replace him with. Or is Walsh still the best guy? Johnny, I think that Walsh is just kind of experienced what happens when you get stuck in an environment that's just <laughs> terrible, right? He's yeah. he's like the ripe fruit that got sat in the fruit basket next to the one with the bruise on it. And, yes. and I think... I think that that's what happened with Walsh, right? He just has really struggled. I even went to baseball reference today to look at his stats from last year. The guy had 20, 25 plus home runs and 98 yeah. RBIs. He hit 270. I think that that's who he is because the year right. before in the 2020 season, he had nine home runs and, and he hit 290. I think that that's mm-hmm. who he is. And I think what we're yeah. finding this year is somebody who's pressing. Think David Fletcher last year who was batting cleanup at one point and had to <laughs> hit outside of his abilities and outside of his shoes. I think that that's what's happening with Walsh. And 
the reality is, and I know you'll love this, is I don't think Rojas is a solution at all. I think he's the yeah. epitome of a triple A player. And <laughs> a quad A player. Yeah, I think he's one of those guys <laughs> that you bring up in, in an emergency. And yeah, he's having a great triple A season, but we've seen that with a lot of our guys. And when they come up, they just don't produce and and Walsh is the future at first base until he's not Mm -hmm. and I don't think Mm -hmm. that Rojas would be a great solution there you know who they should bring up is Sonny Deshera who has really torn it up in his first two (laughs) games at 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 the at the baseball level wherever he's hitting he's got like eight hits or something like that (laughs) bring me some Sonny D (laughs) (laughs) can you imagine he's drafted in June or July and then he plays four games and then he's in the majors that'd be hilarious unreal Look, I you you know I'm not the biggest Jose Rojas fan, yeah. but listen to this. He's got a 19-game hit streak going on right now. Wow. Uh, he's got 10 homers, 24 RBIs, and a 1.358 OPS. And that's, that's good. fantastic. That's good. But it never, ever translates to the majors. Now, I and, will give him this. And we're still not going to bring him up. <laughs> yeah, right. He is an extra base hit machine. Like, yeah. he, he hits doubles all the time yeah but that's when he makes contact right Right. and and in terms of who i would have brought up i would have said trey cabbage but Ah. apparently he's had a a broken forearm since uh, the end of may and so he's going to be out for three or four months so man he was on a tear in double a on the trash pandas before he got hurt so he's somebody that i would have loved to have seen come up i mean him and mckinnon are the two first baseman options yeah. that you have. And I really wish we could have seen some uh, some Trey Cabbage. But, hey, I'm with you. How about some Sunny D? Heck, yeah. <laughs> Bring him up. Well, listen, thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. Now make your second listen to Locked On MLB Podcast with MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan. He brings his humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league, especially as the trade deadline's coming up. So follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks to everybody who sent in some comments or questions at Locked On Angels on Twitter and, of course, Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. Be sure you give those two a follow so that we can connect with you yeah. and hear any thoughts and questions you might have. Mike, what do we have on deck for tomorrow's show? All right, we're going to ask a really important question about Rysel Iglesias, John. We're going to ah. ask this question. Did we see prime Rysel last year? <laughs> and that this year is his variant and it's not actually him. We're going to talk about (laughs) that and why he's so different this year compared to last year. That's tomorrow on Locked on Angels. That sounds like a good conversation. One that I think all Angel fans are going to be curious, so be sure to come back here tomorrow for more Locked on Angels. Until then, my name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. And we'll see you right back here tomorrow for more Locked on Angels.